Today is your first time. We welcome you and thank you so much for coming. And don't forget, next Saturday, invite people. We are giving out free food. We have quite a lot to give out. And then Sunday, we are starting our services, the Spanish services. It's going to be amazing. And then on Wednesday night, if you are not coming on Wednesday night, you really are missing a lot. Pastor Roy was on the covenant for seven weeks. I mean, we got so much. So please make an effort. It's only an hour and a half. But you are going to be blessed and you are going to grow, really grow. So please make an effort to be here on Wednesdays. All right, today God led me to talk to us about peace and rest. Walking in God's peace and rest. John 14:27 says, Peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the word gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Never let it be afraid. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 16 in the King James Version says, Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always and by all means. That tells you how important having peace means to God. It says, I will give it to you always. Not now, then take it away. Always and by all means. If you have to move some things, move some people, change situations just to have you to have the peace, that's what he's going to do. By all means, the Lord be with you all. We want to understand this message, what peace is all about. Then we want to talk about why we need the peace of God. Then we are going to look at some scriptural revelations about peace. And then because peace is a covenant between you and God, and the covenant includes two people doing their part, God has done his part. He says, I give it to you. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. God is the God of Peace. But it's a covenant. And so God has done his own. Then we, the second participant in the covenant, I will show you all from Scripture what you need to do to maintain the peace, the gift of peace that God has given you. Peace is what everybody wants. Some people will do whatever, give away all that they have to have peace. The whole world is looking for peace. But do you know that 8% since history was being recorded, only 8% of the time has the whole world been in peace. Think about that. That means 92% of the time since history, since we could record history, the world has never had peace. No wonder we think it's only dead people that should have peace. And so when they die, we say, finally rest in peace. But we are really the ones that need to rest in peace. Because if they knew the Lord, we know they are definitely resting in peace. If they don't know the Lord, you can put rest in peace all you want on their headstone. They are not going to rest in peace. So that prayer really should be for us. I almost titled this message, Rest in Peace. 
But I said it would probably freak everybody out. <laughs> so I decided not to have that. But think about it. We are the ones that need to rest in peace. Because there's so much unrest, there's so much worry, there's so much trouble, so much anxiety, so much depression, so many wars. Wars within, wars in families, wars in states, between government, between parties, everything around us is war. So how do you, Jesus is saying here, I leave you my peace. So how do we do that? How do we maintain that? How do we first of all receive that as a gift? Because gift is a gift. What is peace? Peace is an inner calm that dominates the heart despite the presence of trouble. It's like an internal insulation. Who has ever been on, on a cruise ship? That ship is going to be in the waters. And inside that ship you have swimming pools. You have a theater. You have six or seven restaurants. You have basketball or baseball courts. That, piece is, that ship is on the water. And sometimes you're sleeping at night. The ship is going through waves. But you are in the ship. You, are, you don't know what's going on out there. It's like you are insulated in the midst of the sea. That is peace. Because as a believer, there is no time. You will never be, the Bible has said it, that the world is full of trouble. You have to learn to insulate yourself against whatever comes to you so you can maintain peace. It's so crucial because what is happening is we are spending all our time fighting. One war, one battle after another, and it's become a distraction for us to do what God has called us to do. If you're fighting all the time, you don't even have, if you are, your mind is not rested, if your mind is not at peace, if you're worrying and anxious constantly, what time are you going to have to think, to plan? What time are you going to have to do what God has called you to do? The enemy just keeps one trouble after another and it makes you focus so much on that that you forget the call God has for your life. And that's what he wants to do. So you have to learn to receive the peace that Jesus has given you. Not only receive it, but walk in it. Despite what is going on, walk in that peace. Insulate your heart. Insulate your mind. Let the fire be out there, but inside of you, you are calm, you are collected, you are serene. It can be done. It can be done. Peace is a choice that we have to make. You can choose to be at peace and not just be somebody who is drama all the time. In the family, you can choose to be the one that brings the peace in, even if there's chaos. When your presence comes in there, let it bring the peace, the prince of peace that is in you. When you step in, no matter how tumultuous that situation is, just because your presence is there, let it bring peace and calm. 
It's a choice. It's a choice. It has nothing to do with the money you have. People that have the most money, they are the ones that have the least peace. Peace doesn't have with what has nothing to do with what you have. Has nothing to do with what somebody has done to you. Has nothing to do with anything. Is a person that peace is a person. And you choose to take that person, Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, who says here, my peace I give to you. My, my, my peace. Choose to hold on to that peace. Despite what is going on. And peace is not the same as quietness. Do you have that picture I told Teresa to put up? Put that picture up. Peace is not quietness. You can have all the noise around you. You can have all the chaos around you. And you can still be at peace. Put the picture up. If it's, if it's too difficult to get it, then I can move on. But I wanted you all to see this picture. This picture was taken in 2017 during the hurricane. Most of you probably remember when you see the picture. It was this, one of these Marines that was carrying this young woman that had a baby. And she carried this woman... And she, he was knee deep in water. There were like boats all around and water all around. There were helicopters above. It was noisy. It was chaotic. But do you know he was carrying that woman and that woman was carrying a baby. And that baby was fast asleep. Fast asleep. When I was preparing this message, that was the picture God put on my heart. That baby was fast asleep in the middle of that. And God said, that is how I want you to be. When you lay down to sleep, sleep good. When people are around you, when things are going crazy, sleep good. When people see you, they shouldn't see all the worry and all the anxiety on just your face. You're carrying Christ. Christ is in you. God is in you. Jesus, we never saw him all, that's the picture. We never saw him all, I mean, we have examples. And I will show you some examples in the scriptures. That is a child. See how that child is sleeping? See what's going on around them? Isn't that just amazing? That's the picture of peace, if you want to see a picture of peace. We don't have to tear ourselves have high blood pressure, heart attack, stroke, for things that are... You know the free things in the life? The best things in life are free. The air that you breathe, the love of your family, they are free. God, anything God wants you to have is free. But anything you're struggling and struggling and struggling to get from, to get... Those are the things that bring us unrest and worry and anxiety and stress. People are so stressed out. He says, peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. So there's a peace that the world gives. There's a peace that the world will tell you is the peace. It's the peace that they say if you have a lot of money. You will have peace. If you are very, very successful, you will have peace. 
But is that really peace? Jesus says here, it's not the kind of the, the, the one that the world gives. Mine is different. Mine is the kind of peace that is not stuff you can on your own device, by your own will, get. But he says that peace, nobody can understand it. They will look at you and say, are you not the one who just lost your job? And you're so calm and you're so peaceful? Are you not the one who just lost this and you're so calm and you're so peaceful? It will not make sense to the world. But God says that's the kind of peace he wants you to have. That's the kind of peace that's a testimony to people. Not as the world gives, he says. And then he says, I give it to you. And then I leave it with you. So he doesn't take this peace, gives it to you, and then takes it back. No. When God gives you his peace, he leaves it with you. So you have to keep it. Don't sign for anything that will take your peace away. The enemy will come and bring parcels for you to, to, to sign for. That once you take it, your peace is gone. Maybe it's a letter in the mail. Maybe it's a phone call. We have those. You wake up in the morning, you never expected it to happen. And here it is. Right in front of you, you have to deal with it. How do you handle that? When God, when Jesus, when the storm, he told them, let us go to the other side. When the storm came in the middle of the sea, he confronted that storm with the peace that was in him. And he said, peace, be still. If you confront your troubles with peace, it will be still. Don't confront your trouble with anxiety and stress and worry. Confront them with peace. Hallelujah. Why is peace so important? Why do you have to have peace always and at all times? Deuteronomy 4, verses 11 to 12. Then you came near and stood at the foot of the mountain. And the mountain burned with fire to the midst of heaven, with darkness, cloud, and thick darkness. And the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. The Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. Why is peace important? Because even in your fire, in your troubles, God will speak to you to give you directions. And if you are not peaceful, you will not hear what he's saying. He says here, and the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of the words, but saw no form. You only heard a voice. This is very crucial. Because sometimes, you will not understand what's going on. You will feel abandoned. You won't see the form of God. This is not like God. This is not God. He doesn't seem like God can do this to me. You won't see the form, but you will always hear him. You will always hear him. Either he will speak through somebody or he will speak through his word. But you have to be at peace. You have to be at rest. Peace is the same word for rest. You have to be calm. You have to be insulated on the inside. So that when God speaks, even in the midst of that fire, you can hear him, even if you don't see him. You can still hear him. 
Job 38 verse 1. Job was asking a lot of questions. He was confused about what had happened to him. The Bible tells us he was a righteous man. When the enemy went, when the devil went to the meeting, they were having about Job. He said, have you seen Job? He's righteous. Do you know what meeting they may have heard about you? God is bragging on you. And the enemy comes and says, yeah, I know he's doing that. It's because you've blessed him. It's because you've done this for him or her. That's why. Do this, touch him. Change the situation. Let's see what he would do. And yeah, Job, we are human. Job was confused. Why? Why? He was asking a lot of questions. Do you realize that if you read Job, it was still the, almost till the end. That he was even willing to listen to God and hear God. He was just talking and talking and talking. Then finally, Job 38 verse 1. Then the Lord answered Job. He finally was a calm enough in his spirit. The Lord answered him out of the whirlwind. That's when God finally answered him. And when he finally quieted himself down enough to hear God, he says, who is this one talking without, without sense? He says, I'm going to hold my mouth. And that's when God gave him instructions and told him, start praying for your, ed- your friends. And immediately in verse 38, when he started praying, what he should have done all this time, he was so focused on what was going on with him. He was so unrestful, anxious, worrying about all of that. Accusing God. But when he finally said, okay, I'm taking my eyes away from my problems. And he started praying for people. His situation turned around. The same people that were mocking him, the same people that were avoiding him, now all came to him. And each one gave him a piece of gold. And the Bible says his latter days were much better than his former days because he finally listened to God out of the whirlwind. Listen to God, he's speaking, he's never quiet. But you have to be calm enough. He's not going to scream. His tempo, his voice tempo stays the same. Whether you are like that, God is not, God will not because you are all like that become like that. No. God is calm. Psalm 85 verse 8. It says, I will hear what God, the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. So God wants to speak peace into every situation that we have. Why is peace so important? Peace is needed for God to work. For God to change the situation, for God to move, peace is important, it's needed. Acts chapter 12 verses 6 to 7. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, <laughs> fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Who sleeps in a situation like that? The day before, James had been beheaded. And they now put him, because he pleased the people, the Bible says, they now put him in jail so that they can behead him the next day. They put him between two soldiers and they fastened him with chains. And the Bible says he was asleep. You know, he knew he was going to die the next day. But he was sleeping. And I say, fast asleep, because I will show you. 
They were standing guard over him and he was sleeping. He was sleeping so much that when the, the, the angel came, the angel, the Bible says in verse 7, let me read verse 7, suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to wake him up. That tells you the man was fast asleep. Some of us are light sleepers. If your door is locked at night, somebody cracks it open, you wake up. Or somebody stands in your room, you are asleep, you can sense it, you wake up. This man was sleeping so much that the angel, the light shone, he didn't stand, he didn't wake up. The angel stood, he didn't wake up. The angel had to smite him to wake him up. That is peace. That is peace. That's what allowed the Lord to work in this situation. Because despite what was going on, he could care less. He was fast asleep. And immediately, this Bible says, the angel told him, get up. And the chains fell off of his wrist. Second Chronicles 20 verse 17. The Bible says, you will not need to fight in this battle. It says, position yourselves, stand still, and see. Those are the requirements to see your, your battle won by God for you. When God says you will not have to fight, you will have to take your hands off of the battle. Because sometimes we put our hands all over it and God has nowhere to put his own hands. We tell God, do this for me, take care of it. We take it back from him and we try to figure it out. God told Jehoshaphat, he said, you have to do three things here. Position yourself for, 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 for victory. Don't position yourself for failure. That's what I said. Don't accept what the devil brings to you. Don't sign up for it. Then you have to stand still. You have to stand still. And it's in standing still that you will see the salvation of the Lord. Stress, anxiety, worry, all of that, the troubled hearts, will never let God work because it just shows God that you don't trust him. You don't really believe what he says will happen. He's giving us his word, but uh, this my situation is too much for you, God. You've never dealt with this mind. It's the hardest you've ever seen. So it's going to be hard for you, Lord. And then peace. Why peace is important? Peace is a code for you to access anything in the, in the kingdom of God. Romans 14, verse 17. It says, for the king, that's this, this one right here. <laughs> It says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So it's like a code. You want to open the code, you have like a safe, and you want to open that code, the, the, the safe, to get the goodies in there. Your first sign of the first code is what? Righteousness. And then you have to mix it with peace and then with joy. If you don't have those three cohabiting together, the kingdom of God will not be made manifest in your life. That's what it says here. For you to enjoy all the benefits of the kingdom, for everything that the kingdom has for you to become yours, you need those three. You need to be a righteous person. Then you need to be full of joy. And then you need to be peaceful. When you have those three combinations, you can access God and access the kingdom and get whatever you want. Is this blessing anybody today? 
And how do you maintain your peace? How do you maintain the peace that Jesus has given you? You know, when I was reading some commentary on that scripture in, 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 in John 14 that says, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave you. He talked about, it, it was almost like his will. Because he said that statement right before they went into the Garden of Gethsemane, when they were going to face the most important, the most horrible thing that will ever happen in human history when he will be crucified. So basically, it was like he's writing his will. And he's saying, okay, for example, my, body, my soul and my spirit, I'm going to hand over to God. My body, I'm going to hand over to Joseph of Arimathea. He will be the one to bury my body. Uh, my mother, I'm going to hand over to John to take care of her. So he was taking care of everything. And, and then his, uh, his clothes, the soldiers were going to divide his clothes among themselves. It was like almost he had nothing left. But then he remembered my peace. And that's the most important. Amen. That was the most important. He said, my peace I give to you. He says, not as the word gives. He says, in the, in the world you, you have many tribulations, but be at peace, I have overcome the world. That was what he left for us. He didn't tell us we will not have trouble. But he says, I've given you what is the most important thing you need. Add some joy and live right. You will access everything the kingdom has for you. His peace. So how do you maintain this peace? Remember that you have a covenant with God. Concerning peace. Isaiah 54 verse 10. He says, for the mountain shall depart and the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from you nor my covenant of peace be removed. He has made a covenant of peace with you. And he's telling you no matter what, that covenant of peace will not be removed. First of all, know that for yourself. Just say, God, I have a covenant with you. If you've not done that, do, if you have to do a ceremony at home when you get home, do that. Take this scripture, this next one I'm also going to read in Ezekiel. And say, Lord God, I make a covenant with you today. You've given me peace as a gift through Jesus. I'm going to do my part. And some of these things we're going to talk about. Ezekiel 34, verses 25 and 26. He says, I will make, this is beautiful. If you don't write anything, write this down and go home and mark your Bible and let this be a scripture you have before you always. He says, I will make a covenant of peace with them and cause wild beasts to cease from the land. And they will dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. That means you will be, no matter what, you will be safe. No matter how dangerous, no matter how bad things are, you will be saved. That's what he's telling you. That is part of the covenant he's telling you. He says, I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing. And I will cause showers to come down in their seasons. That is crucial. Never go ahead of God. God will not run after you. There is a time, there is a season for every purpose under heaven. There is a time and a season. Sometimes you can force that door open, but you will pay the consequences for it. You have to fix that door. 
If the door is closed for now, stay in the hallway and be praising God for it. If the door is closed now, rest assured that God knows why he hasn't opened that door yet. If that door is not for you, he will show you the one that is for you. So that you can go through that. But don't ever think, this is the door, this is what I know I'm going to do, because you can force it open. You can. But any door you force open, you're going to have to fix it. And there are repercussions that might be from there. He says, I will cause showers to come down in their seasons. So every shower has a season. He says, showers in their season. So every shower that God wants to pour on you has its own season. If it's the shower of financial blessing, there's going to be a season for it. If it's the shower of giving you a mate, there's going to be a season for it. If it's the shower of when to go to school, what to do, there's going to be a season for it. Wait for the season of each shower in your life. Amen? Because he said there shall be showers of blessing upon your life. Amen? So what do we do? Number one, care less about people's opinions. That is what, is, that is what keeps us in turmoil. Proverbs 29:25 in the message, it says the fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God, one version says, keeps you in peace. And this one says, trusting in God protects you from that, protects you from being disabled. Believe me, people, if you think people will like, everybody will like you, you're just... I don't even want to use the, I don't know what to say, because the world is such that there are some people that they don't know you, but they will form their opinion, they don't even know you. They will form their opinion of you, and in their mind, that opinion is right. And they will respond to you when they see you like that. And if you start worrying yourself, trying to make them change opinion of you, you're just going to worry over nothing. Because some people are actually being used by the enemy to do that to you, to make you not to be at peace. What should matter to you is what God thinks about you. If God approves of you, that should be all that matters. And if you offend God, believe me, if you have the Holy Spirit, God will let you know. The Holy Spirit will let you know, convict you. So rest in peace with that. And know that my life, nobody is perfect. If you make a mistake, you are his child. He will correct you. But trying to make everybody like you, trying to make everybody talk good about you, you're just going to frustrate your life. Because those that sing your praises today are ready to crucify you tomorrow. Remember David? They left all of them, the people they didn't have, the ones that were like the, 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 the lowest one in the society, no jobs, nothing. They came to David and said, we're going to make you our, our king. When David was running all over the place, hiding from Saul. And then they went to war and then the Amalekites came and took everything. Poor David, his own wife and children were taken too. The people that came and said, we will make you a king. You lead us. We, are, we, oh, we love you. We, oh. They were the same people down that were telling David they wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill the same people. That one chapter before, they were like, whatever you need. Now they wanted to kill him. 
Jesus fed 5,000 people. During, on, on, on the day of uh, um, Palm, Sun, um, Palm Sunday, they were all clapping for him, riding on, on, on the donkey, laying everything before him. The next day, they were the ones that sent crucify him. At the cross, how many people were at the cross? He fed 5,000. How many people were at the cross? So do you think you're going to be different? So lose your reputation. Galatians 1.10 in the New Living Translation says, Obviously I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be in Christ. I would not be Christ's servant. That's Paul speaking. Paul that did so much. So lose your res- reputation. All you should care about is what God knows about you and what you, you know about yourself. Then number two, don't compare yourself to other people. Look at these fingers, they are not equal. If God knew, wanted them to be equal, he would make them all the same length. But then you won't be able to do much with it. God made them different lengths for you to be able to do all for them to do different functions. In every profession, in everything in life, somebody is going to be better than you. But you are also going to be better than somebody. Just accept that. If you accept that, then you don't want, you don't have to that that trouble, that stress, that worry of trying to have the same kind of house. Try to go, go for the same vacation. You see them put pictures on Facebook of how they went to Jamaica or whatever. Then you, you have to go to Jamaica. You have to go to Cancun. You have to join that business they are doing when God hasn't called you to join that business. You start worrying yourself. Your poor husband who is earning whatever he's earning or the wife who is not earning as much. That becomes a fight in the home. Because I, you're not, you're not, I've never been to vacation in this place. See, see all those pictures. I want, I want to go to Cancun too. Or you see somebody dressed, whatever, and they say, oh, you never buy me those kind of shoes. You, you never buy me those kind of dresses. Be content with what you have. Be content with what you have. When it's time for you to have the, the next level, God takes us, the Bible says, from glory to glory. This level of glory may not be the level of glory here, may not be the level of glory here. If this is the one you are at now, be there, don't be, don't be irresponsible, be there, do what God asks you to do, believe Him for greater things, but don't go ahead of Him. Don't stress out people around you and don't stress out yourself for what God doesn't want you to have yet. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12. It says, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. They are boasting around you just to make you feel all ruffled up. But they are not at peace if you really get to know what's going on in their hearts. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Wisdom means this is where I am right now. I accept it, Lord, knowing that when my time of promotion comes, you will promote me. I don't have to have the car you're driving. I don't have to live in the same house, kind of house you're living. I don't have to wear the same kind of clothes you're wearing. I don't have to go to whatever place to, to have it. I can't go to Galveston. If not, lock myself in my room and enjoy my vacation in my room. 
Galatians chapter 6 verse 4, New Living Translation. It says, pay careful attention to your own work. For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. Just focus on what he's called you to do. And do it with excellence. And be satisfied, God, I've done the best I know how to. And then when he's pleased with that, he will stretch you a little bit and then take you to the next level. And you won't need to compare yourself to anybody. Everybody has their own lane. Everybody has their own assignment. Stick to your own. Because comparison is the thief of joy. It's the thief of peace. It's a thief. Because you always feel, I'm not skinny enough. Oh, I'm not fat enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not short enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. If God wanted you that way, he would build you that way. God made you, and when he made you, he said, it is good. He said, he needs you to gather your mother's womb. That is, he took time. He says, he counts the hair on your head. Do you know what it is to count the hair on somebody's head? To sit down there, that shows you the intimacy. And the love for him to sit down and count every single hair, strand of hair on your head. When my, my daughter was growing up, she has a lot of hair. To braid her hair was, anytime I wanted to do her hair was fight. Can you imagine God taking time not only to do that, but to take each strand and count each strand and each one that falls, he knows about it. So be at peace. Be at peace. He knows about you. He's that intimate with you. He will take care of you. And then number three, lose your affection for material things. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 to 7 and then verse 10. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Verse 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Contentment. Seek the Bible says, Seek first the kingdom of God. And when you do all these things, anyhow, will be added to you. The things they are dying for, killing for, cheating for. If you seek the kingdom of God, God has promised. Jesus, that, those were words from Jesus. He says, if you seek me first, I will hide all those things to you. Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 5 verse 10. This was Solomon who had all the money. Had a thousand, I think it's 700 wives and 300 concubines. So he flipped it the other way. It was 300 wives, 700 concubines. The guy had money, had wealth, had influence, had whatever. But look at what he said. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10, ESV. He said, he who loves money will not be satisfied with money. We've seen that. Always wanting the next project. It's always something more, 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 more. And you're wondering, when is it enough? When is it enough? It's almost like a demonic drive for more, 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 more. They would do kill for more. Meanwhile, they already have money in their account that would take care of their needs, feed their family, help the work of God. Some people like that don't even think of God. You know? But it's just like more, 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 more. more. When is it? You, you, everybody has to answer that for themselves. When is it enough? 
And you're going to find out really, like I said, the three things, the air you breathe, your salvation, the love of family, that's really all you need. That's really all you need. Number four, keep your focus on God. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Peace comes when you focus on God. Job 22:21, it says, Now acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. Peace comes from knowing God, living with him, letting him teach you, focusing on him, letting your mind be on things of God, being on passion for God, doing everything he tells you to do. That's where, that's where your peace will be. He says in Philippians 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there are any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate and think of these things. Don't meditate on the bad things. Because when you start thinking of all the things that are wrong, all the things that are not going right, all whatever has happened, all, if you keep that, you just find yourself spiraling down and down. But if you focus on the goodness of God, focus on how, he, how much he's done for you, focus on the, the fact that you are saved, focus on the fact that you know God. As you do that, it just takes you up and up and up. So that's what we all should do. When you find yourself spiraling down, depression, anxiety, worry, troubled mind, turn it around and start thinking of the good things it's done for you. Look at your family, look at your children, look at your spouse, look at how he has blessed you. And that will take you out of that. Amen? Amen. And then last of all, just hand over your cares to Jesus. Hand over everything to him, your cares, your worries. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, 7, it says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And when you do that, it says the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind through Jesus Christ. The last scripture of 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. That casting means fling it on him. Fling whatever is bothering you, fling it on him. Don't take it back. Let it stick with him and keep it with him. Just give, it, give yourself to God. I was telling the sister, I said, you know, I've reached a point in my life now, in my place, they say, you know, I, when you dash somebody something, you give it to the person free of charge. It's like, this thing, I just give it to you. I told her, I said, I've dashed myself to God. Free of charge. If he doesn't do, ever do anything for me, He's done enough. I've given him myself, my life, my children, my home, my job, my business, everything. I've given it to him free of charge. God, you don't have to pay me, I give it to you. It's his. But you see, that peace comes from a right relationship with God. If you don't have a right relationship with God, we are justified 
because of God and the peace he gives us is because of that justification. So as we stand to our feet this morning, I'm done. Stand to your feet. If you are not right with God, if you know your life is not right with God, if you haven't received him as your Lord and as your Savior, or if you have, you've done, because there are things the Bible says that make for peace. There are things that don't make for peace. The Bible says, on your own, if you know you are doing things that don't make for peace, the first being that you've not made peace with your maker, you've not made peace with the one who created you, I just want us to bow our heads now. Talk to God yourself. Tell him, Father God, whatever it is that has taken my peace, maybe it's, I don't even know you, I don't know your voice, I haven't, I haven't sought after you. Lord, I ask today that you come into my life. And if I have known you before and I have walked away from the ways of peace, Lord, you alone can show me so I can have peace in my life. Peace is a desire that we all have. It's a universal desire. And if you have something that is bothering you, that you just need somebody to agree with you, so that you can both put it on Jesus and leave it there. I want our prayer partners to come out, please. So that those who need someone to agree, there's something troubling you. Today you've heard what we've talked about. If you want somebody to agree with you, to pray with you, please come out also and just agree with them this morning so that the peace of God, you can lay that burden down. And if you're sick in your body, you want someone to, to pray with you and anoint you for healing, also please come out this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. With my soul, it is well. With my and raise your hands soul. and just sing, It is well with your soul. It is well with your soul. It is well. It is well. No matter what is going on, it is well. God is for you and not against you. God is for you and not against you. The peace of God is over your life. It is well. Don't look at what the enemy might want to make you look at. Focus on what God is doing in your life. Focus on the fact that you woke up this morning. Focus that you can breathe. Focus on the fact that you can eat. Focus on the fact that he has blessed you. Focus on all the good things. Refuse to receive any, any, any whispers from the enemy. Block your ears from the whispers of the enemy. It is well. It is well with you. It is well with you. God is with you. God is with you. His presence is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. It is well with us. It is well with us. It is well with us. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is well with my soul. It is well, Lord. 
It is well. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you praise. It is well. It is well. It is well. Hallelujah. It is well. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It is well. Hallelujah. 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 Let's raise your hands. Let me bless you for the week. Oh, I thank God. Father, I thank you for your favor that is upon your people. Father, I pray today, oh God, that your face will continually shine on every man, every woman here. This week will be an excellent week, Lord. Your favor will surround them like a shield. As they have found favor with you, they will find favor with every man and every woman they come across this week. Your blessings will run and overtake them. Give us a testimony this week. Bring a testimony to us this week, O oh Lord. I bless your people. I bless them going out. I bless their coming in. I bless their families. I bless their job. I bless their businesses. I bless everything they lay their hands to do. It will prosper. Father, I bless you this morning. To you be all the praise. To you be all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen and amen.